Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Get it out now. <laughs> you know what? I'm leaving this in the episode. We're just going to start out with a bunch of bleeps and no context. Hello? <laughs> Do I have to bleep that? No. I'll just bleep the part. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. That little expletive rant earlier was because we're soon to be having an audience of one who was a minor so we wanted to get it all of our system before we started recording but hmm. hi guys what's happening alex what are you eating i'm really sorry everyone i am slammed it's been a day it's been a morning i am trying to eat and do this before i run to my next meeting um but i'm very happy to be here with you all and that is all i'm also slammed i have also lots of meetings uh, today we couldn't do yesterday. We're, we're recording Wednesday. Normally we do Tuesday, but Alex was in the sim all day. So yeah, how'd your sim go? It was good, man. Yeah. Don't know what I realized. Tell me. I, I realized that that was my penultimate day at a Honda Simulator. Which oh my I god! Spent at seven years, a lot of hours in that room with those boys and girls, who are saints for also spending the majority of their lives. Not also. They do spend the majority of their lives in a dark room staring at virtual race cars and computer screens. And it's a, it's a thankless job and they do an amazing, amazing job ultimately. And it really helps us on track. So thank you everyone at HPD and Brownsburg. It is, it is one of those things where you're right. I mean, it probably sounds bad to say it's a thankless job, but it's one of those jobs where not unlike race control and stuff like that, where you very rarely, not never, but very rarely hear from someone when you've done something right and get praised for doing a good job. But oh boy, do you hear all about the things that are wrong and the things that the drivers don't like about it or, or issues they've got or you know the bitching and complaining about xyz whatever so you're right i mean it is a it is a job that is incredibly difficult it's super beneficial for all the teams that get to use it uh and drivers but yeah they those people do take some not abuse like drivers aren't yelling at them right i think it's easy to get frustrated in there though for sure and and the big thing that they all sim engineers this isn't just honda this isn't just indycar this is formula this is the top of the top like modeling a tire is next to impossible. 
mm-hmm. mostly because even the tire manufacturers struggle to understand like tires are black magic it's a, it's it's unbelievable the complexity and intricacies that go into what an actual tire is doing on a race car and so to model that correctly to not only provide the correct cornering speeds and the correct braking performance and lateral and longitudinal grip but also to give the feedback to the driver as to what the car is doing in an accurate representation on a computer is insane. It's nearly, it's nearly impossible. Right. Like it's, it's nearly impossible. So that's what, so that's what most of the time when we're complaining to these sim engineers, it's, it's not really about the car because ultimately, you know, the car and springs and aerodynamics and suspension, that's all just numbers. That's all numbers that we know that we know what it exists. And it's just a computer model that recreates that and, and computes that information based on the numbers we give it. But the problem that they have is when we get in and we're like that, there's no way this car would do that in real life, or that's complete BS or blah, 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 or it's impossible to feel the oversteer. And it's like, these are all the numbers that I've been given. What would you like me to do? Right. These are all the numbers I've been given. And I have not personally spent an inordinate amount of time driving an Indy car around this track in these weather conditions to use my own feedback. If any, well, yeah, that's yes, that's sort of the joke is they have done zero laps in an Indy car at that track to know what it's like. So yeah, very hard job, incredible work that they do, the people uh, at HPDI. But man, so when so that's your second. So when's your last day? You know your, la- your last day is? is August twenty second. So in like a couple weeks. Oh man, that's going to be an emotional an emotional thing. It's going to be like sad because I do like a lot of those people there. And it's also going to be happy because like I don't like the sim. But then, like, happiness is short-lived because it's like... You know Chevy has a sim. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, it's Chevy's like, got a sim, too. Like, and but here's <laughs> and you thing. know that here's that one... terrible. It's in it's, Charlotte. It's a flight away, right. Rather than a 20-minute drive, you're not going to have to fly to Charlotte 46 no, times a year. I'm going to fly to the airport right next to the sim, which is going to be very convenient for your boy. Oh, that yeah, is a great you can just point. fly yourself there. Is that... It's, how Still long have you known this deal it... was coming? Was this part of your plan? <laughs> <laughs> Alex only got his pilot's license to be able to fly directly to the sim. Anybody uh, else, I wouldn't believe that, but Alex having the opportunity to not have to interact with people in airplanes and airports, 100%. I can well, see yeah, that's, that's why he got that. his, yeah. yeah, that's why he got his pilot's that's license. That's not why I got my pilot's license. I got my pilot's license when they took away the emotional support animal status for my dog. So speaking of flying, this morning, I believe you got to play with a new toy yes this morning i woke up um at the ass crack of dawn um to go fly a new airplane and it's it's well it's new to me she can spell um, by the way it's, but yeah. it's a 2000 she's not right now you're fine I um and it's a six-seater cabin class seating nice um 290 80 90 mile an hour like cruise speed um, so yeah, it's certainly a step up from, from what I've been flying. I don't have to deal with rental schedules anymore. Um, and my aviation partner and I are very excited and terrified because we're literally doing the thing. He also owns a boat. We're literally doing the thing <laughs> that people say not to do never buy boats or aircraft. And now right. we did both of those. Things. Yeah. You each so. have a boat and you are splitting an aircraft. Yeah. I had a great yeah. time on your boat on Sunday, by the way. I mean, so did I, like, I, I haven't seen the downside to owning a boat yet. 
it's a fair. little it's a little annoying like it, it is some work mostly the cleaning part's the worst part but like generally it's pretty straightforward i feel like the amount of work it takes to to and fro it is grossly offset by the amount of fun it is when you're on it yeah it's, it's a good ratio deal. yeah it's, it's a good my, ratio. you know my favorite part about it every time we we're on the boat and i just sat there thinking <laughs> james is working right now my favorite part about you being on the boat was you showed up in trousers and a button down. What? Yeah. Well, I was like, no, but it was it was a fishing shirt. It had fishing bait on it. No. It's Were you going to yeah, go no. fishing? It was a really light. It was like a light button down, and it was open, by the way. And it wasn't trousers. I was wearing my khaki shorts, which are also bathing suits. And socks. And socks. I don't like to be barefoot. You're one of those guys, huh? I don't like the feeling. Do you sleep barefoot? Mm, sometimes. Because then you got the sheets. It's like half and half. I couldn't do it. I, Sleeping like, in socks is one of the worst feelings. Like I learned that that Sage, Sage Karam sleeps in socks too. And I was like, that was the first person that I had ever known that does that. And now Tim, I maybe it's I don't more do common it than every time, but I do it sometimes. Like you talking 50, 50, like when you're yeah, sober. Wow. 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 Where do you do most of your serial killings? Do you do that like locally? The or do you try yeah. with Sage? Yeah, Sage and I just literally cut it up. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, guys, please uh, please write into the Twitter account if you are also uh, completely insane. Um, hey, before we get too far into this episode and everybody show. rightfully checks out, we do have a bit of an announcement. Alexander Rossi won the Gallagher Grand Prix. Not even what I was talking about, but yeah, that's a good I point. I know, I know it was, <laughs> man. Thank you. Appreciate All right, it. we'll get to we'll get to that. But yeah, Tim, say your announcement and then we'll get to the race and uh and preview old Smashville a bit. Well, we uh we talked about it before and then because of my total lack of uh, planning or professionalism, it didn't come together until just now. So we uh want to announce the details Ooh, of our James national live show. It. James got the venue and everything else. Um but yeah, we have our show in Nashville. Uh, we're going to do it on Saturday, August 6th, uh, starting at 6 p.m. at the Big Machine Brewery and Distillery. So right at 3rd and Broadway. It's going to be awesome. awesome. It is going location. to be extremely limited tickets. Yes. Uh, the, you know, the, the capacity for the room that we're doing it in it's is, on the smaller small. side. Here's the deal, guys. We had something sorted. You know, uh, Tim had done a good job trying to find something. And last minute, they kind of boned us. And we were basically on the brink of canceling the event uh which i would hope that most of you who are going to be in nashville wouldn't have wanted to hear but uh luckily our our friends at big machine swept in and saved the day so we've got this awesome location it's kind of like right basically when you come off the pedestrian bridge leaving the racetrack on broadway and third there uh the location's awesome because that's a little bit of a smaller room but that's okay we're gonna have a nice intimate little time because it's a smaller room, we're going to kind of make all the tickets, VIP tickets, uh, meet and greets included with all of it. So it's going to be a little bit pricier than it was originally going to be, but you can find all that stuff out on the website. Not, but not too bad. Not I mean, too bad. Not yeah. too bad. We had some costs we had to cover, but um, we're really just here to have a good time with you guys in Nashville. And honestly, big thanks to Alex for making this this time available. I mean, it's Saturday night before a race, uh, and that just shows, guys, how much he loves you and cares about you. 
and wants to put on a fun show. I, I was you. talking, I was talking to Eliza no. and she's like, are you sure Alex, he wants to do this? I was like, I think he's the one that wants to do it the most. Yeah. Cause I was, was like, Oh, I don't have to go to Nashville. Perfect. Let's cancel this. <laughs> like, let's... Um, I don't want to do it the most. I would like to, to somehow monetize all of this effort. Oh, with Twitter, guys. I get that. Sorry. Yeah, I understand like, that. That's fair. This is great. I, I like that we do it for the fans, you know, for the fans is neat. Get to see our personalities. But like, also money's neat. But also jet fuel. So <laughs> it's not a jet. <laughs> but yes. So uh, watch uh, watch our social channels. That's gonna have, gonna have all the information uh, for the yeah, website. Yeah, they're gonna go. It. The tickets are gonna go say, on sale today, Thursday, uh, August August fourth at three p.m. Eastern time. And like I said, they're going to be extremely limited. So if you, if you want to get a ticket, get on there right away. Get it right away. It's gonna be a good time. Coming out with Alex Dim and I. Uh, for a couple hours on Saturday night in Nashville. And basically, guys, come out because you want to try and do your best to make Tim as hungover as possible for Sunday. See, I'm, my goal right now is just I'm not going to do anything. I'm, I'm going to have like a beer or two before, but I'm not doing any hard, hard alcohol, no shots while we record. So if uh, someone pays and gives you a obviously shot... Obviously, I'm going to, but I'm going to say right now that I'm not so I can try and dissuade people from doing it. Guys, I think it's just going to encourage shots. people <laughs> to do it. I feel like we should just not give you a microphone for the show and just... No, man, you, editing, like, editing the Indianapolis one where I had to like cut around my slurring, I was like, I can't do that again. <laughs> what about Nashville last Nashville. year? That was live. Yeah, that's fair. That was also bad. <laughs> Good times. Uh, one of those is my birthday though. So I feel like that counts for something. Yeah, that's true. All right, guys. So obviously we're coming off the weekend, uh, back at Indianapolis, the, uh, the NASCAR IndyCar double well, triple header really, uh, where your boy Alexander Rossi broke a 49 race winless streak, almost three over three years no. on the calendar. Yeah, it was June like nineteenth or something. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I I hear these stats in the radio or in the in the broadcast. So yeah, I yeah guess sorry, bud. Real. Yeah. yeah, it was three years, uh, forty nine races, but he did it, and that's all that matters. So first, let's just let's just talk about let's talk about the whole weekend. We had Friday practice. It was one of those long practices, straight into qualifying. After that, did you guys just roll off strong and feel good? I mean, I know you tested there a couple weeks ago. I assume that helped. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about I mean, we've we've kind of touched on it before. We had a good test at Iowa too, and that and that worked out for you. Meant nothing. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, we had a great test in June, I believe it was um, at the GP, and um, I, I, we found some things that that previously you know hadn't worked for us, and we were hopeful but it wasn't really until Friday practice where we rolled out and it was like, wow, it, it actually is competitive. And that transferred pretty, pretty easily to qualifying. Cause um, you were, you were quickest in practice, right? I was quickest in practice. Yep. Yeah. And it transferred pretty easy to qualifying. Uh, ultimately we got beat by Felix just doing a heroic lap, you know, amazing I, lap. Can't yeah. can't discredit that. No, effort. I mean unbelievable. You know, it was kind of actually a relief that the gap was that big because you know, James, like when yeah. you miss pull or miss something by a couple hundreds, you're like, I know exactly where that is, and you you feel bad because like you could have probably made that difference. When it's 
almost three tenths. It's like, yeah, I know that's cool. Good for <laughs> him. Gonna happen. Not, Not going to happen. So second today, is pretty Satan. much second's pretty much full for us. So, so we knew that, um, you know, our car was good. We knew our race base was good. That's always been a strong suit of us at the GP. And so we, we had a lot of confidence going into the race. Um, you know, I think obviously Colton did a, did a great job. He got a great start, um, to get into the position that he did. And then when I, you know, had a lunge on, on Felix, he was able to capitalize on that. And, and Colton drove a great race. He did. And ultimately him and I ended up having identical race cars. So it was no surprise that he was just as quick and, um, he did a better job than me to, to get track position. And, um, it was going to be interesting. You know, we, we had, were kind of getting our worst tires out of the way. And I think that he still had a, his kind of bad set from qualifying to come. So that maybe would have swung it a little bit back in our direction, but by no means was it going to be a guarantee. Like he, it was going to be a really hard, hard race and a hard fight to beat him and until he had his issue, which is obviously tough to see for a teammate slash friend. Um, you know, when it happens to, to Will or Joseph, it's kind of like, eh, whatever bad luck bad luck but when it's when it's someone that you work so closely with like i did feel bad for a, a split second um but then at the same time you know my guys have have had a lot of you know disappointing and unfortunate events that have taken stuff away from us so it was nice for it kind of to swing back to, to in our direction and, and swing on our side um for, for what's felt like the first time in a long time and the team was able to to kind of just do what we needed to do and we just kind of spent the rest of the race managing the gap to second and I got to give a shout out to Christian because I, I know that kind of will was on a fuel savings race, but even up until that point, like me, Colton and Christian, I felt like we're by far the class of, of the field and we're kind of just leave where we had our own race going on. Um, so that, that was a really stout, excuse me, effort from him. Um, obviously he was really good there last year on his debut, but you know, RLL has had their struggles and for him to kind of get his first podium in, in that respect. And, you know, I didn't, I couldn't back off. Like I still had to drive pretty hard um, to, to maintain that kind of two to four second gap. So a huge congrats to him and, and what he did. The, uh, the tire situation was interesting this last weekend because it was going into it. Everyone thought it was going to be a red race, which I think was. you could safely yeah. argue that it was. Um, Except for Townsend. Except for Townsend, yeah, he loved he loved arguing me on that one. Uh, but so, <laughs> so the the difficult part was really for the drivers that made it to the fast six, right? So you get your your one brand new set of alternates for the red, for, sorry for the race. But if you made it to the fast six, you've used your other two set of of sticker reds. They're now used reds. And depending on what strategy you did in the fast six, some drivers did two runs and put one lap on each set. Some drivers just did one set of reds. So technically one set would be a one run set. And then one set would be a two run set. And there's always worries, right? When you put another heat cycle, every time you put a heat cycle on a set of tires, they lose a little bit of performance normally. So was there some stress going into the race about how well the used reds were going to hold up? Or were you guys pretty confident that it was no matter what happened, even if they weren't as good as you were hoping, they were still going to be better than the primaries? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm surprised it, it was a conversation. Like I watched qualifying back and this is, this has been a red race forever. 
I mean, I would put four runs on a set of used reds and still run them over the black. Like there's this, I'm in a question in my mind is, is to the preferred tire and the better tire. Um, because the, the, I, I guess the big, the big factor for that is the Indy GP, the black tire. Okay. It's slower as it is at all racetracks, but it also, it doesn't have better durability. Like it still degs the same. Right. So like, there's no, there's literally no Just advantage. starting there. from a, a better yeah. lap time. Like there's there's literally nothing that does better. Right. Whereas usually when the black becomes a tire that's in play, it's because, yeah, it starts off slower, but it doesn't have a fall off and that your, your pace over a stint is faster. The black, there's literally no point where it's ever quicker than a, than a red tire. So um, that, that was pretty straightforward for us. The, the hard part was, and you hate to say it, but Firestone inconsistencies popped up pretty aggressively this weekend um and you know a lot of drivers mentioned it and talked about it and this is not which i don't think i've ever seen before firestone in general does an amazing job what they do for us at the speedway in particular is unrivaled no other tire manufacturer even dares to come into indycar because they know they can't compete with the performance and the safety and the consistency of the firestone speedway oval tire however a lot of what we've seen over the past three to four years is the other tires that aren't the speedway tire have taken steps down and that's not necessary. Sometimes that's in performance and sometimes that's fine. Um, sometimes it's in durability and also sometimes that's fine. The safety has never changed. So that's the one thing that we're all very grateful for. And, and one, one, sorry, just let me just jump in. One of the reasons some of those changes happen are laws change on what EPA ingredients rates. can yes. be used, what materials can be used for the tire. There are, yeah. there are regulations they're trying to keep with them. For sure. The, the, where the problem lies is when in a, in a sport that's as competitive as it is, you get these, these tire sets that are just drastically different than the others. Um, and it seems to happen more on the red tire or, or almost exclusively on the red tire. It doesn't, I've never really noticed a discrepancy on the primary. And maybe that's because you, you're only getting the ultimate lap time out of the red tire. I don't know. But Colton, Colton got a set of, of Firestone alternates in qualifying where he went almost slower than he did on the black tire and had a completely different balance. Um, we saw it with Renus VK in the May race. He was quickest in round one on blacks and reds quickest on blacks in round two went to reds didn't even transfer we've seen it with other people i've had it in saint i had it in saint pete a year ago i think everyone at one point kind of gets kind of a, a set that's not very good and that's that's fine you know it's if we get thousands of tires a year and there's 20 to 40 that aren't the same or a little bit worse okay it's 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 that's the way it works well luckily you had enough of a buffer to deal with whatever challenges were thrown at you. Pit stops were good and, uh, and ended up winning by three and a half seconds over, uh, over Christian Lingard. But yes, let's give Christian Lingard a huge shout out. Uh, the now 21 year old, he celebrated his birthday in Iowa, uh, got his first podium of his IndyCar career at the track where he made his debut last season to some success as well. Um, and it's really been a pretty big turnaround for the whole RLL camp the last couple of events. Uh, they did a uh, they did a test at Sebring shortly before the Iowa weekend, which still weirdly made their 
performance in Iowa, quite a bit stronger. Graham, I think, had a fourth-place finish one of the days. Um, Christian, I think, had a top 10 on day one. He had a brake issue in race two in Iowa, which really closed up the rookie of the year battle, which is getting nice and spicy now. It was only, I think, four points going into the weekend, but with Christian uh, coming in second and Malukas coming in 13th, who's the closest guy to him in the championship, I imagine it's quite a bit bigger now. Uh, but man, good on him for the first podium and and good on him for, uh, or sorry, good on the whole team for really starting to, to pick themselves up. Graham was up there inside the top 10 as well, uh, which is great. And just taking a look now. Yeah. It's a 27 point lead for Lundgaard after that podium. First rookie of the season to get a podium. And there you go. So, uh, congrats to Alex. Congrats to Christian. Congrats to Will came third. Uh, another just super consistent performance from Will and puts him in the uh, lead of the championship, which is an interesting dynamic. We still have, what are we at? We've got, I think, still five guys within one race weekend's wins worth of points sort of thing, uh, which is crazy with four to go. Uh, you jumped up a couple spots with your win. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, good weekend. In other news, stuff happened in F1. It did. I was well, do you want to t- do you want to talk about the the NASCAR stuff at all? The fact that they were there? Did you watch any of it? I didn't. No. So I mean we can. I didn't. I mean, well, we well, let's all. just I did. I did watch it all. Uh let's just give a shout out to AJ Allmendinger for winning the Xfinity race on Saturday. And then Tyler Reddick, who won from pole in the cup race on Sunday. Um, yeah, the cup race was mayhem, just unbelievable how much bumping and banging there was there, but Hey man. Ah, the sweet sound of sports. You love from sling the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once, starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, what do you? What's your feelings in general on the double, triple header weekend? There, do you like the fact that we do a race with NASCAR? 
I I do. I think it's great for the the fans. I mean, it's a, it's a cool ticket to be able to buy and and kind of get to experience a lot of different racing um, that you wouldn't really see on one weekend. So, from that standpoint, I do enjoy it. I still I still struggle to to process. You know, going back to the same track twice now that we're out of COVID. I understand it was a necessary evil if you want to even call it that it was a necessary adjustment to make um to make sure we had races on the calendar but like we're not there anymore we're, we're, we're past that so it's not a double header weekend so you can argue iowa there's a point that we do that we race there twice it's um, fine okay so if we want to keep doing this triple header with with nascar and we touched on it last week like do we need the race in may like is it really does it really move the needle that much i don't know i just or if we do, can we please, IndyCar, if you're listening, can we please do a different layout? Like, let's just, it doesn't even have to be something crazy like backwards. Let's just add another element. Like, let's just do something well, like, like use the, the MotoGP loop and turn 12? No, or? I'd say, I'd say, like, get rid of that last chicane and make one, like, a proper straight where you'd have different downforce Ooh. levels. And, like, dudes Ooh. would choose to trim or not. And then they'd have tire egg in the infield. Like, let's... Let's do something like because right you know now you it's, could it's do actually ramps, race, add distance. ramps. Well, look what like they're gonna they're all gonna go back and be like, well, F one F one did that. Everybody blew their tires and and it was a disaster or whatever. And I feel like with the knowledge that the series and Firestone has about that track and 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 you know forces on banked corners or whatever, I feel like we could make that work. But that I was really one do. year. They also raced at that course many years. Correct. Prior to but that, that was just. A, I'm just. I'm just telling you what they're gonna say, right? But that's not. That's not real. That's not a okay. Real. <laughs> but like, but the way that the way that the area is around turn twelve, mm-hmm. I really there's a there's like quite a bit of open track surface. You could say like drivers right off mm-hmm. the oval to the infield there mm-hmm. before where like it cuts into the racetrack towards 13 i wonder if we even like if it's going to freak people out to just come out of 10 and blast all the way down the straightaway because that would be like in in northern amount of time on throttle you could maybe just like put a chicane in where turn 12 is right like just put some like just two simple curbs and just do like a slower chicane to slow them down but then yeah just let us rock it around oval turn one and blast in towards road course turn one i think that'd be awesome and it'd be right so cool it would be great because, and then like to get to pit lane, you just you just hook the the normal right that is turn twelve and and use right. the same thing, but the actual racetrack just has like a chicane there, and then you just keep on going. Yeah, I think it would be it would be awesome because we've gotten to the point where everyone knows the strategy. It's a red race. It's three stops. Like the distance now isn't even like it's not even like we do different distances, right? So it's two eighty five laps that are red dominated. And everyone has gotten to the point where they realize it's max downforce. Like you can't, you can't trim. It Trim's used to not be effective. It used, yeah. Right. It used to be a question mark. It's not. So now it's just, it's the same event and it's, it's just boring. It, that's all. It's just not, it's not enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with finding some way to, to mix up the track or make it 120 laps. I don't care. Do just make it. Just do, so something. That, do it something. We need to differentiate the event somehow. Speaking of that, it was very, very hot 
uh, this weekend and your cool suit failed. How'd that feel? Uh, hotter. Oh, that's why you were so sweaty when I hugged oh, you. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was I mean, like, man, he's, he's like drenched. Yeah. <laughs> a race, but yeah, no, that was the most sweat that I have ever secreted in my entire life. By the way, um, if anybody has a picture of me giving Alex a hug in victory circle, I'd love to see it. Um, yeah. So, so the cool suit works by wearing like a, either a shirt that's kind of has, um, stitched tubes in it or a vest, both of which are, are pretty thick. The vest adds another layer. Um, and the problem when the cool suit stops working is there is fluid inside those tubes that then become your body temperature, which then basically broil you from the inside, which is horrifying. Yeah, so it just um, keeps the heat in and right, exacerbates the problem. Right, so you'd be better off if your cool suit's not going to work to just not have the shirt on. Unfortunately, you don't always know that. And this is this is a new failure for me. Up until this point, it's been very consistent and has worked very well, but Saturday was quite challenging from that standpoint. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Very hot. So this is a nice segue into the F1 conversation we want to have, but I read something about Lewis Hamilton saying that his cool suit failed. And didn't that happen in NASCAR too? F1, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. AJ Allmendinger's failed in the cup race and he... Dude, yeah, he, he like collapsed, right? They, they showed his... Cool suits? Well, that's... Thank you. That's what I was getting to, but hang on. So AJ, his suit failed. He was running second on the last restart, which was, you know, overtime or whatever. And they had his onboard like looking at him and he had his visor up. Man, I don't know how that guy finished that race. He looked, he looked half dead. Like his his blinks were like three second blinks under caution. I'm like, that poor guy. This looks horrific for him. And like, yeah, he got out of the car and just absolutely collapsed. Do you want to know what's really funny? And this is where you know Lewis Hamilton is like so far beyond the sport of motorsports. When you Google Lewis Hamilton, like cool suit or cool shirt, it's literally <laughs> like Gala. It's just yeah. Met Gala yeah. and like cool looking <laughs> shirts and suits, not anything to do with sports performance. Um, so good for Lewis. That's great. I'm also happy for Lewis. It's in nice the sense. to see the kid do well. No, like he's had five podiums in a row. Like he's kicking ass. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's nice to see. I'm, I'm a big Lewis fan. Always have been. Oh, sorry. It was his drink system that failed. Not oh, as big difference. Big yeah, difference. That, okay. that makes way more sense. All right, that makes more sense. That, yeah. that usually fails in IndyCar too. So yeah, it was just funny to see three different series all have something go wrong with the systems that are designed to make life easier for them. So uh, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, back to Formula One. What? Uh, let's start by saying. Uh, Congratulations to Seb Vettel on his retirement announcement. That's kind of what kicked this whole drama off. Um, what drama? What do you mean? Did stuff happen? I love Seb. I've loved Seb from the beginning. We did like Formula BMW together at the same time. Uh, great guy. Loved, supported him his whole career. Happy to see that he's hanging up the helmet and on his own terms, whatever, whatever. Uh, drink. Um, but yeah, so he announces he's leaving Aston Martin. Then what happened, Alex? Well, then... Fernando gave the big middle finger to Alpine um, and signed in to be Seb's replacement at Aston, which on paper is fine. Like, great. There was a vacancy. He took it. He was free to go. Whatever. Where it gets a little convoluted, and obviously this is one side of the story. Who knows what actually occurred, but 
from Alpine's point of view and the team principal's point of view is they had a conversation on Sunday and everything was moving ahead for Fernando to come back for another season. And it was pretty much like a done deal. And then the first time that Alpine hears that that's not the case is the Aston Martin press release, which is just a, a wild move. And then Fernando sees that there's like a, a quote from the Alpine boss saying, oh, Fernando's on a boat somewhere. That's why I can't get a hold of him. That's why I haven't heard anything, blah, blah, blah. Fernando then has the balls to post on his Instagram a picture of him walking in a park and tags his location, which is Spain, clearly not on a boat, which seemed very pointed. Yes. Yeah, it's... Uh, what, is, it's a- what is the... Like, this silly season just feels like it's it's full of a lot more dick moves than usual. It's just full well, of it's it's very rare I think that you see teams announce usually a driver is so happy to have a deal with the team. I don't I just think it's it's a rare situation that we're experiencing right now where drivers are in demand by multiple teams maybe is that yeah. a fair thing to say? Yeah, I think in in the manner in which it's all coming coming together where they have an existing team. It's not like these are rookies coming in that have two teams fighting over them and it's dramatic. Oh, wait, enter Oscar Piastri. So those who don't know Oscar Piastri, he is the reigning Formula 2 champion who is part of the Alpine driver reigning development Formula program. 3 champion. Reigning for, well, not now, but yes. He won three consecutive championships, uh, culminating in an F2 championship last year. There was not a seat on the grid for him in 2022, He's been a reserve driver for Alpine. He's been part of their development program. They paid for a bunch of his career and his development up to this point. So with Fernando Alonso telling the team, allegedly appearing to be staying at Alpine, they were negotiating a deal to release him, Oscar, to go race somewhere else, whether it was Williams, McLaren, whatever. Well, upon the shocking revelation that Fernando Alonso was leaving the team, they decided, well, I guess we've got to fill his seat. We've got the best, hottest young driver on the market already in our stable. Let's go ahead and announce Oscar as our driver. Well, they did that without a quote from Oscar in it, with nothing reposted on Oscar's social media. And <laughs> so then within, we all knew what was coming. Right. So then within the appropriate amount of time, Oscar puts out a statement saying, hey, I didn't prove this. This has nothing to do with me. I'm not driving for this team next year. And everyone in the collective racing world is just like staring at, at like a wall, banging it against, you know, banging their head against it, thinking, how is this exact same situation appeared now on both sides of the open wheel racing world? It is awesome. Yeah, I, my neighbor, who the Drive to Survive fan, that's like an F1 fan, she's like, you wouldn't believe what's happening in F1. I was like, not only do I know, you're a couple weeks behind. We've yes. already, like, we've already got our beat you And, and I'm going to take this opportunity to say, what a shame it is, yet again. We don't have a show that's that we don't have a show documenting all this information. It is making Tim's neighbor aware of all that is also happening in Let the NTT IndyCar series. This episode of the Drive Drivers Survive Season 5 is going to be really interesting. I'll actually probably watch it. I bet, I bet IndyCar <laughs> will actually... Be the first one. I bet IndyCar will probably actually get a shout-out. They'll be like, this is crazy. Also because of what happened two weeks prior. Right. Maybe not. Anyway, yeah. Wild scenario. A lot, a lot to unpack there. A lot of theories flying around on the F1 thing about how this happened on August 2nd 
when there's a very good chance that August 1st may have been an important day in Oscar's contract and release and things like that. Um, I even threw out the wild theory that Alonzo knew he was leaving, but because Alonzo and Mark Weber, who is former F1 driver, they're good buddies with Alonzo, he manages Oscar Piastri. My theory was, Maybe they were in cahoots and Alonzo knew he was leaving, but didn't tell the team because Mark wanted to get past the August 1st date so that Oscar's contract could be freed and he could be released to go wherever he wants. I could see something like that. I mean, Fernando's like totally boned his own team several times in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was totally on board to do it again for his buddy, Mark. So here's what's, what's fascinating to me is okay there's there's a lot of rumors and presumptions right about where oscar would end up okay but it's still formula one is is legitimately the hardest form of motorsports to get into on earth okay and alpine is not it's not the caterum of 2014 the manner of 2015 no the hrt of 2012 Right. right. It is a manufacturer that has won world championships that is a legitimate mid-pack team. They won yes. a race last year. They right? did. The, the courage, I, I guess that's the right word. Whether guided or misguided. Guided or misguided that a young driver has who has no race wins in Formula One or World uh, Championships. No race starts. No race starts. Might suck in an F1 car. To be like, nah. And <laughs> quite honestly... And to the, to the team that, that, that developed him, right? right? That nurtured his career for the last right. however many years Gave to all the, the success that he's had. Yes. Right. To be like, nah, without having a very clear path forward is, is I think, just mind-boggling. Yeah. Right? It's it's disrespectful. Is what it's damn right disrespectful. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if it's courageous or just like no. it's it's brazen to, also, a, to a level. Maybe brazen. What I don't word. understand. Just to just to play devil's advocate a bit. Um, how do you as a team make an announcement without at least being like, "Hey, we're gonna announce this." By the way, oh, I'm sure they told him, but okay, he just refused yeah, well, to give a quote, and there was some disagreement over you know whether or not they could do that again seen this one before total lack of uh what's what's the the cool hand luke what we have here here is a failure to communicate how do you be like hey maybe hold off on that announcement because we have i have a differing opinion on what my contracts and and that's just it too right like from the team's perspective and this is true of what's happened in the indycar world with below the fact that once the first domino dropped and everyone was kind of like oh okay so this isn't the situation we thought it was the fact that at that point, everyone didn't just like, from a public statement standpoint, lock it down, just lock it up and figure this stuff out a little more internally before it all like leaked out. Just everyone just like, pow, 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 tweets, press releases, pow, pow, interviews, pow, pow. Like what the f- is happening in professional motorsports? Like yeah, I've never bizarre. seen anything. Like, normally in situations like this, everyone's like trying to dive deep into it as hard as they can to figure out all the things that are happening. Everyone's gone silent because everyone's just radio silent. Can't comment on that. Can't con go on an ongoing dispute over contract, whatever, whatever. But now it's just like, 
Here's my dirty laundry. Here's my rotten fruit. Let's have a party. Let's throw it all in the dryer together and hit it on high heat. Max spin. Giddy up, baby. I love it. Just like it's, from a from a not invested in at all perspective, it's great. It's oh dude. <laughs> yeah. From from my current seat, I think this is terrific. It's and it's mind baffling. Here's what I I hope happens. I it truly whether this is a situation in IndyCar or a situation in F1 or whatever, I just hope the drivers come out of this still with a, a career in their future and their ability to go drive race cars for the team that they want and to go have an opportunity. I just hope yeah, none I of do this feel damages yeah. them. Now, now you, you took the high road. Now, now you're going to make us look like... Well, no. <laughs> no. So, the, no. I mean, it's just... To, to, yeah, I think to Alex's point, especially with the whole Oscar thing in F1, right? Like, we don't know if a young driver with zero start, zero point, zero poles, zero podiums, and zero wins was like, nah, to this team that had bred him and was That's about true. to give him an opportunity. for, Or his management was like, this is what we're going to do. And you've obviously hired someone as a driver to be your manager. You trust their decision-making. That's the whole point. Um, so whether it's... Alex's case, Oscar's case, whatever it is, you just hope that, yes, there is not a, a permanent smear on their, you know, record and reputation, especially if it really wasn't their doing, right? If this was some opportunistic management decision and, uh, you know, it, it ends up affecting them negatively. But I think, I think what will come out of this, so I think racing contracts potentially will look different. Like, yeah, they're, they're going to be a I lot uglier. There's going to there's going to be a lot different verbiage that exists going forward, which is crazy, say. man. Because like you sign a bunch of these, I sign a bunch of these. They're pretty, like like there have been disputes in the past that have led to the verbiage we have now, right? And the vocabulary that is used on certain clauses. Um, now there are plenty of examples of all of that stuff just getting completely on and forgot about and thrown out, but. Yes, I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be like, there's going to be case studies in, you know, law, in law. schools. Yeah. yeah. Based on what's happening here. Uh, because it's, yeah, it's kind of kind of precedent setting in a lot of ways. I guess the, the results of these two disputes will, I think, set some, some precedents for sure. Well, on that cheery note, guys, come to Nashville, come to the live show. If you're not going to be there, watch it on NBC, listen to James's voice, listen to me, hopefully. Back to back, do good things, and um, even if you don't like it, come anyways. There's a lot of good music. There's a lot of good food. There's a great time to be had. So hopefully, oh, we see uh, you down there. Alex Hazel wanted to say something too. Congratulations. Thanks, Hazel. All right, I gotta go. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.